Hey there, thanks for visiting the podcast of the Guelph Vineyard Church. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast using whatever platform you listen on, or visit our website at guelphvineyard.com. Here's this week's message brought to you by our pastor, Chris McQueen. I want to open us up with a reflection on this image. Hey, and, and kids, um, does anyone recognize what this is? It's Lots of lots of fruit. Yeah. Corn, a horn of plenty. Does anyone know where this image comes from? It's so funny how we just kind of adopt these different images. You got something, Alec? No. It's from Google. Yes. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to give you ten points. You do really good on those sorts of things where, like, there's the trick questions and you like get them. Yeah. <clears throat> that's a that's a good answer. Um, yeah, I was doing a little bit of looking into it because this is this is typically like when you go into school and they talk about Thanksgiving. This is often the image, right? And if you're given something to like color in school or whatever, this is often. I remember when I was a kid. I remember coloring cornucopias or horns of plenty, right? <clears throat> and so it's it's interesting. You know, we have this celebration of Thanksgiving, and I don't know if you know this. It's actually not part of the Christian calendar. It's not part of the seasons that the church has been celebrating for a long, long time, right? So things like Advent, Christmas, Lent, Easter, and a handful of other days are days that have been in practice for a long, long time, right? Some of them for over a thousand years. This is not the same. Thanksgiving is different. It's a cultural thing, right? And in fact, it's actually a North American thing. It's, it's not something that's widely practiced elsewhere in the world. I think it's sort of started to bleed over a little bit and there are little expressions of it here and there. But it has to do with, um, it has to do with a story of provision. It, is, it has a connection with, with harvest. And my, my brother-in-law is a farmer and, uh, and so, Every time around this year, he gets extremely busy and he's out in the fields from, you know, from early till, till late. And at this point, he's probably freaking out because they had a bad frost last night, you know. Um, but it's this idea, it's the connection of harvest, right? Where there's all of a sudden, uh, the, you know, the, the grocery stores are suddenly full of fresh fruit, not rotten fruit. How nice is that, right? Fresh vegetables, not rotten vegetables. Or not, not vegetables that come from 2,000 you know, kilometers away or whatever, right? And so, so we have this connection to Thanksgiving that is very much, it has to do with, with provision. Um, but as I reflect on this day, on Thanksgiving, it, even though it's not part of the Christian calendar, in so many ways, I think it actually can have almost the most resonance with what it looks like to follow Jesus and to step into what it means to follow Jesus, right? Because on the surface of it, our entire response, our entire Christian walk, it all is out of, ideally it's out of thanksgiving, right? Out of thanksgiving for what we have encountered and received in Jesus. And so we respond and we're like, yes, thank you, God. And out of that space of being thankful, we find ourselves living differently. 
we find ourselves worshiping, right? And so there's a, there's a beautiful kind of weave of, of the language of today. But the, the thing that I always think of, and you guys are probably getting the, 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 the tone of this by now, is what does this day have to do, and how is it good news to people who are outside of the circle of provision, who are outside of the circles of, of family, right? For some people, today is gonna be, and today and tomorrow, are gonna be a day of like tons of food, probably some good laughter, some games played, connections, right? But there's gonna be, for some of us, it's gonna be a brutal, it's gonna be a difficult day because we're not inside of that circle. And so what does Thanksgiving have to do? Particularly when we think of Jesus, because guess what Jesus is all about? Jesus is all about looking past the circle to the people who are outside in the shadows, right? People who are not immediately in, people who don't necessarily have the stuff don't necessarily have the friends, right? And again, if we're thinking, you know, in school, maybe you feel that way, or I remember in school there was always, I, I could always, it was always pretty clear who was, who was outside of the circle, right? And so, if it doesn't land out there, it's not, it's not actually part of following Jesus, right? So here's what I want everyone to not hear. I don't want everyone to take away from this that it's not, it, that, that it's not a Christian thing to be thankful for good things in our lives. That's cool. It's good and appropriate and it keeps us humble if we're thankful for good things in our lives, right? Because thankfulness sort of has a relationship that, that means that I'm not entitled to it. So I can be thankful when it's there, right? But I want us to realize that while that's a good healthy posture to take, it's actually not part of the gospel. Like everybody everywhere, regardless of whether they follow Jesus, should be thankful for things like provision and are thankful for things like provision, right? That's not unusual. It doesn't require the Holy Spirit to be thankful. If you, um, you know, if you suddenly get a windfall and you open up your mailbox and there's some kind of a, a check for 50 bucks, all of us are gonna be thankful for that. We don't need the Holy Spirit to be thankful for that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. And that's really important because on days like today, we can mistake the language and we can start thinking blessing, blessing, blessing. What are the blessings in my life, right? When we call those things blessings, then everyone who doesn't have those is outside of the blessing, right? So we want to be thankful and we want to, and we want to acknowledge that God, you know, that yes, God has provided for us, but it's, it's a delicate balance because, because what God compels us to is actually, like we talked about last week, giving, right? Like this is a significant this idea of sharing, actually, is the word that we used last week. Sharing. I, mean, I, I better get that right word, because the distinction is important. Sharing. And so, we're going to explore some of that this morning. Okay, I want to talk about all circumstances kind of, of thankfulness. 
And I decided to make it into one great, like I have German roots, right? So I decided to sort of do the German thing and do like a massive compound word. This is what the Germans would actually, actually create a word like this. If Liv was here, I would get her to, to rhyme off something ridiculous. It's, you know, 23 syllable word. All circumstances kind of thankfulness. Okay, so. I want, first thing that I want to talk about is I want to talk about overlaying the cross and making sure that on days when we're called and compelled into thankfulness, let's be thankful for the easy things because again, that's just good, healthy posture, right? But let's, I want to invite us to tether our sense of what we're thankful for to something that is way deeper than our circumstances, to something that sits underneath them. Right? Like a foundation. I want to orient us on this day, obviously, towards Jesus. That's kind of my job, you guys. My job is sort of to invite you towards Jesus. In everything. Right? And so I'm, on that, in that sense, I'm a one-trick pony. Right? <laughs> What's the answer? Jesus is the answer. What's the question? That's the, that's the bigger thing. Can we do this together? I just This is from a psalm. It's an excerpt for the sake of some time and just context. I've, I've sort of excerpted this a little bit. This is from Psalm 136. And if I'm going to read the part that's not bolded, and I want to invite you guys, and kids, I definitely want to invite you into this too with your voices really loud, okay? To, to, to say the part that's bolded. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures to him who alone does great wonders. His love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens. His love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters. His love endures forever. Who made the great lights. His love forever. By the way, that's the stars and the sun and the moon. The sun to govern the day. The moon and stars to govern the night. I qualified with the psalmist included. That's hilarious. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt. And brought Israel out from among them. With a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder. It's a good word. And brought Israel through the midst of it. But swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. To him who led his people through the wilderness.
She gets to pick up a theme. <laughs> Did that get boring? There's something in the, in, in the language of this. This is an ancient poem. This has stood the test of time. Right? This has stood the test of time. It starts off with some very general statements about who God is. And then what starts to happen, if, if you recall, to the, to the part that I was reading. Well, it gets dark. Yeah, we can. It kind of goes, it polarizes. It does polarize. Yeah, a little bit. There's a bit of a us in there. It's very personal, right? It, it starts from a general place and it weaves into the, into the very specific life of the nation of, of Israel, of the people of Israel, right? And, you know, we could do a lot of time and study to, to talk about the whole story of what's going on here. There's some complicated stuff that's in here, right? But what's interesting is that throughout the entire story that's told, at the bottom of it, at the foundation of it, is this, is this idea of, of the love of God enduring forever. And I want to think about that word endure for a second. Right? Because um, endure... Endure cuts both ways. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a, an example of, of something I'm going to ask you to endure for a period, period of time. And in classic fashion, I'm going to do this on an instrument. Just want to endure that? No. Sounds like that new jazz. <laughs> <laughs> How does that sound to you right now? Sounds a bit better, right? Enduring. Enduring, it, it implies it, it implies a length of time. Right? It implies something that sticks around for a while. And this idea that love endures, I want to lead us into an idea of a thankfulness that, in, that actually can endure. Something that can endure, that could endure the agony of, of a terribly played instrument, for example. The psalm closes with this, give thanks to the God of heaven, Love endures forever. Starts big, gets very specific into the story of Israel, to the story of, of their deliverance, right? Into the story of, of promises delivered to them. And then it goes big again, and it reminds us that what we're talking about is the God of heaven. Talking about this big story. And 
in all circumstances kind of thankfulness. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. So this is an interesting passage of scripture. Um, for those of you who read the Bible, um, typically three verses of scripture could end up being about a, a paragraph or two, right? I'm not sure what the people who decided to break the scriptures down into verses, exactly what they were thinking. Um, but all three verses, this is verse 16. Rejoice always. Comma. Not period, comma. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. And verse 18 continues with a little bit more. It says, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Probably the quickest way to memorize three verses in the Bible. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So when I think of thanks, thankfulness, this is one of the verses that comes to me immediately, right? And it's important for us to, to know that the people who Paul was talking to were people for whom these things were very difficult, right? He wasn't going to the upper class families who had lots of money and lots of provision and and you know didn't have a lot of adversity in their lives this was to a church that was having a tough go of it there was persecution persecution right they were there was a we call it we, we refer to the suffering church this this was this was directed to people who were suffering and in the first part of the letter i encourage you to read it in its entirety you can read it in about 10 minutes maybe 15 minutes it's a short letter that paul wrote um but he's, he's actually praising this characteristic in the church, right? They, this is a church that suffers, and they suffer well. And, he, and he's coming to the conclusion of his letter, and he says this. He says, rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. You know, they're not connected to anything that we might consider the good life. Right? When we talk about the good life, we think about the good life. This church does not look like that. And yet, he is, Paul is speaking to them, but I, I am convinced that what they heard was not a con, like, what they heard was, was maybe something to do with a challenge, but I think it was actually an exhortation, like, keep doing what you're doing, right? There's a championing that's happening here. And so I want to ask the question, a couple questions that I want to ask this morning that are kind of right at the center of this thing. One is, how do we get thankful? Uh, does it pass the all circumstances sniff test? <laughs> Gotta go there. That's always my least favorite, you know, if I'm watching a movie or something and, and there's like some dude on this, you know, and he's getting ready to go out and, and does the whole thing to make sure that his shirt is clean. Like, it's just so disgusting, right? <laughs> it's pretty legit. It's pretty real. And don't tell me none of you have never done that. Right? So, 
it's important that we never talk about anything to do with love or thankfulness or hope or joy with any kind of sentimentality or like rose colored. Like we gotta talk about it like it's real, right? It's gotta, we gotta be real. So, <clears throat> get, that word get, how do we get, how do we get thankful? How do we get thankfulness? You know, if we're not careful, um, I think it's easy for us to slip into like, I, how do I acquire thankfulness? How do I acquire the means to a life that I could be thankful for? And, you know, it, what is thankfulness? Is it a thing that can be acquired? A good place to, to start is to have, a, um, we're not going to do it here because we have a tendency to try to think the right answers rather than the honest answers. I'm the same way. I want to ask you the question, when you sit down, if you're sitting down for a Thanksgiving dinner in the next couple of days, some, people, some families have a practice of saying, well, what are you thankful for? And I'm, this is not to shame being thankful for good things. I really want you to hear that. But what is the list that your heart drifts towards? Mine is. I got some unexpected money this week. I was thankful for that. Legit, that happened. That's cool. But that does start, I mean, Jesus talked about this. He said, he said um, when he was talking about this in chapter six, he says, wherever your treasure heart is, sorry, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is gonna be too, right? And so, it's a good question. What is our list of things that we're thankful for? And, and it, what it does is I believe, if we're honest, that it reveals to us, it, it, it can reveal to us a place where we can grow into Jesus, where we can grow into something that I would call resilience. Because I want to promise you something. And you guys, I mean, we're all, we've all been around long enough. And we're familiar enough with one another's stories that to know that um, there are gonna be times where it's gonna be hard to come by an itemized list of goods and things that are, good things that are in our lives that we can be thankful for. There are gonna be seasons where that list is gonna be pretty dry. Doesn't matter. All it takes, all it takes is one really bad phone call and all of a sudden that list dries up and then what do we have? And I don't wanna get bleak, but I wanna prepare us for life and what it looks like to follow Jesus. Right. Whatever we have attached ourselves to, that's what we are initially grateful for. Right? Another way that we can tend to frame our thankfulness is, is um, well, at least it's at least it's not that bad. Right? I knew some guys in, uh, in Winnipeg who were living in the North End in a slum, like a legit slum. Um, it smelled bad. Uh, probably should have been condemned. Um, through a set of really interesting circumstances, they, um, they went out to Nepal on a mission trip. Some people paid for them to go. And, uh, and they saw just some horrendous living conditions. 
And they got back, and suddenly their place felt like a palace to them. Right? Now, in that context, that's a, I mean, what an experience to have, right? What an eye-opening experience to have. But again, I want to say that even that kind of thing is very fleeting, right? That's not the sort of thing that actually is a sustained, in my experience, well, at least I'm better off than that person, right? The comparison game so that we can find something to feel grateful for. I want to encourage you not into that rhythm. I want to encourage you to stay away from that. Um, because it creates these divisions. And I know how easy it is, but that can often be the thing. When I'm going around the table, what are we thankful for? Well, I'm thankful that I'm not homeless today. It's okay to be thankful that you're not homeless. But there's something that's more powerful because you, because we have brothers and sisters who are homeless. And in Christ, they have every bit of access to the kind of gratitude that I'm trying to... to, to Circumscribe this morning. I'm trying to talk about it. It's not, not divided around those things. Right? Because those things are, they can be fleeting. And so, Matt Krausman, who was speaking at the Metanoia uh, last weekend, he, he made this really interesting comment. And he said, um, he said, God is not the means I want you to listen carefully to this. This is sort of a word puzzle. God is not the means to the means to a good life. I'm going to say that again. God is not the means to the means to the good life. So God is not the way that we get wealth so that we're happy. Right? God is not the way that we get something that we can be grateful for. When we do that, we've inserted something in between us and gratitude to Jesus. There's something that we have hinged our gratitude to Christ on. God is not the means to the means to gratitude. He is the end. He is the end. And the way that we step into that is not by acquiring, but by receiving. How do we get thankful? How do we receive thankfulness? What needs to be true for all circumstances kind of thankfulness to be an actual thing? Hmm? Choice? Choose. Yeah, you got it. Presence of God. What needs to be true for all circumstances, kind of thankfulness to be an actual thing? Open mind. I want you to live in the question a little bit. Because I don't have it, I don't have a specific answer for this. I mean I could say Jesus and that would be right. This requires a little bit of work. Because like the psalm, it pulls us into our story. And, and God, God, God will show up in your story somehow. I don't know how exactly. Some algebra. This is fun. 
You guys ready? Who's in? Okay, Q plus X equals 15, X equals 13. Okay. That was easy, right? So you know how algebra works? Algebra works, I'm just going to tell you for sake of time. Algebra works when you know certain things. When you know the answer and you know one part of the question, you can work it out, right? By the way, good job. We're going to jump to the other end of the spectrum. So the most complicated, one of the most complicated ideas ever discovered by modern human beings, right? Does anyone recognize this equation? Einstein. Right. Does anyone know what it's, what it's called? Theory of relativity. Can anyone explain it to me? Yeah, there's about five people on planet Earth who can do like an adequate job of explaining this. But why did I reference this? I reference this because this starts to get into, into something that's not just math, but actually where what we're, what we're equating represents real things, right? So what, what it is is that energy equals the mass of a thing times the speed of light squared. I'm not gonna, there's a really great metaphor for how this works in terms of traveling through space and time, but we're not going to get into that this morning. Not on a holiday weekend at airport. <laughs> you got it. Okay, so I've made up my own little equation. <laughs> yep. Thankfulness equals, let's just try guess. We won't take too much time because I've gone longer than I thought. Thankfulness, I got that one, equals F, H, and L, and the greatest of these. So what is it, so, so thankfulness equals faith, hope, and love in community. And here's really the important thing where we drill right down here, in my opinion, based on my story, my own story. Faith, hope, and love are a firm foundation that we can build a life of thankfulness that does not get shaken. But this is really important. When we read the scriptures, right, when we read the passage, pull it up here, from 1 Corinthians, the faith, the hope, and the love that we're talking about, it's not yours. It's not contingent on your faith, your hope, or your love. This is because, because it's not true. Your love, my love fails. Does your love fail? My love fails. But Jesus' love does not fail. Right? And so I want, to, I want to invite you into these three remain faith, hope, and love. The faith, hope, and love of God. Right? And when they are, when, when, when you lean into those things, when you invite those things into your, into your life, and so we're talking about gospel, we're talking about the big story that you're called into. The big story that you're called into, which is, which is a lot bigger than the circumstances that surround us, that becomes unshakable. I know this. I woke up, 
I woke up one morning after a, after a terrible tragedy in my life. It was probably the worst day of my life. I woke up, actually no, it was the very day, the worst day of my life, which I'll talk about in depth someday. But I went out for a walk, and because of the faith, hope, and love of God that had been graciously worked in my life, it was grace. I saw, the, I noticed the sunset. Like I saw something beautiful. It was incredible to me. I was able to receive something beautiful, right? And the foundation of that posture was, was this, you guys, this. This is what allows us to embark, to, to step into today and into every day, into every circumstance, seriously. This is one thing, like I try not to oversell stuff, but this is one thing that I, like if I'm wrong about this, I'll, be, I'll die wrong about this one. Faith, hope, and love in community, you can bank on. Right? And so I want to finish this way. I want to invite us into a thankfulness that endures. And all circumstances kind of thankfulness might, might feel like a challenge. It might feel like a test. Like, am I good enough that today is so horrible? Now, you're telling me that I have to be thankful. I'm, I, I'm, t- today's maybe not ho- hopefully that horrible a day, but you're going to have the worst day of your life. That day is going to happen. Right? And what I don't want is the echo of my words of scripture to come and to put an additional weight and say, now you better be, you better be thankful in this or you've got it wrong. This is not a test. Right? This is an invitation to cultivate something that will endure on its own. I did my gift in my own story. I didn't have to dig for that. That was God's gift to me in that space. And so I want to invite, because this is what part of the promise of the gospel is, that we can have a thankfulness that does endure. Right? Your love endures forever. Means there is a thankfulness that I can step into that endures forever. I think that's the posture that's being pulled at. So... With that in mind, can we gather around the table?